Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Inconspicuous by his absence yet again, the senior sports editor of the ODPH. He is your coach. He is my coach. He is the coach. Coach Duffy. Allegedly, he's been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Because at this point, who hasn't been? Yes, that is the rumor we were hearing. So we're trying to get some confirmation on that. But the easiest place to do that is stopping over at odphpodcast.com. You can join the conversation on social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, Podchaser. Drop a five-star review while you're there. Good pods. You name it, we are on it. And just use the hashtag odphpod because we have got a lot to talk about in land of sports. Yeah. There has been a lot of action since we did a sports show. Yeah, it's crickets. Well, you would think so, because it's summertime, usually just all MLB. Yeah. We finally have football kicking into swing, which we have to give a programming announcement. We do have our NFL preview show tentatively scheduled for August 31st. So if you want to hear the entire NFL breakdown that you need, plus who is in this year's Locks and Leaps Invitational. Save the date on the calendar, make sure you drop the follow, and don't miss it. But, like I was saying, usually summertime is just heavily driven by baseball. Sports are kind of winding down, whether it's the playoffs and hockey and basketball. Or football, they're starting to slowly rub up. So this is kind of like a little quiet time of the year. But the NBA decided to make some big moves. Yeah, they did. So we have to break down all the action that's been going on in free agency. So, Pad, let us talk about it. Yeah, so uh, I'm reading from a list courtesy of the folks over at ESPN.com. Uh, not going through everything, but the, the major stuff that really is, you know, jumping out at me and jumping out at us to talk about. Uh, starting on July the 29th uh, at 525 Eastern, you had the Lakers uh, were, were close to a deal to acquire Wizards guard Russell Westbrook in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and a 2021 first-round pick, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Pope and a 2021 first round, uh, read the same one again, sorry. Uh, There's still work to do to finalize the Westbrook deal and talks with the Kings on a Hild deal had also been ongoing between the two teams. Uh, This is a trade Washington wants to make. So that first got announced at 525 uh, that day. But then a couple hours later, the Lakers did end up acquiring Russell Westbrook, uh, a 2024 second round pick, a 2028 second round pick from the Wizards in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, uh, Contavious Caldwell, Pope and uh, that night's number 22 uh, overall draft pick. Uh, sources told Adrian Wojnarowski. So, uh, yeah, the Lakers got a uh, point guard now. The Lakers made the biggest move of all of free agency, in my opinion. Biggest question mark, too, I'd say. I fully agree with you. Listen, I love Russell Westbrook. I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah. I think that he is a franchise guy, but the question I've always had with him is... How is he going to play well with others? Mm-hmm. And I mean this in the sense of when he was in Oklahoma City, he was paired with Kevin Durant. They could have ran away with the Western Conference. Yep. Just missing one piece. Obviously, James Harden left at one point to go to Houston. Yep. Then Russell went to Houston. Uh-huh. Played with Harden. Yep. Didn't really work out that well. Nope. Then wound up in Washington. Yep. 
that did not exactly play well, even though he did. Like, he's always averaged yeah. big numbers, and we have to stress that too. But to see how this is all mapping out, he now is getting traded to a team with LeBron James, who, granted, is in the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You also have Anthony Davis, who is an MVP player every year he's in there. Uh-huh. And the question becomes now is how many basketballs can go around to all three of those gentlemen? Yeah. Because in the sense of Brooklyn, and that's one thing that we've always been very critical of, is you have superstar players that like to have the ball in their hands. Oh, yeah. And they like to shoot. Oh, yeah. Russell is not scared to take a game over, try dropping 50 every night, and be the catalyst for that offense. So there's been at least a couple of years where he's averaged for a good portion of the season a triple-double. Yes. For for his, not just, a, you know, oh, every night. No, like for the season, he was averaging a triple-double. Yeah, so he is going to be somebody that wants the rock every chance he gets. And I get that. If you're a, an elite basketball player, of course you want the ball in your hands. You don't want to be sitting on the bench. You don't want to be sitting there being a role player. He wants to be the focal point. Mm-hmm. But... You walk into a system with LeBron James, and let's face it, I don't care if he's aged, he's still LeBron James. He's still LeBron James, and he's still Le GM. Yes. So with that being said, that's something you got to share the ball with, which I'm sure LeBron is okay with doing. But the Anthony Davis factor is, I think, the one that we really got to watch. Yeah. Because we really haven't seen Russell paired with a dominant big man since Durant. At least, yeah. But, but Durant's game is completely different than Davis. Yeah. So how is that going to f- mesh together? I don't know. No, I don't either. I think there's a lot of question marks involved in this move because unless they're willing to turn the team over to Russell, which is not a bad thing. I want to stress this. It's not a bad thing. But with all the pieces you have together right now, it becomes the biggest question mark of will they all gel. Mm -hmm. We've had this with Brooklyn, too, and for the most part, Brooklyn has worked out to a degree. Albeit, though, they haven't had the entire team on the floor at the same time together for various reasons. Yep. So we have to say the jury is still out on that verdict. Mm -hmm. With L.A., that's the biggest question mark I have with this team because obviously taking a fallback last season and obviously a lot of stuff was going on. Sure. They want to come back in a big way. They're the Lakers. They don't exactly stay down forever. This is a big move. This completely dominated social media when this dropped, and rightfully so. Oh, yeah, because like I said, it's a huge move. I mean, you can argue Showtime Lakers could be back just with as good as Russell is passing the ball. And you got a, a guy who can go up like LeBron and Anthony Davis. You can make an argument. Showtime Lakers might be back, and on paper, it's great for them. But you, like you said, we just don't know how he's going to work out in a team setting. Because yes, he was on a team when he was in Oklahoma City with Durant and Harden, and they were a pretty, pretty good team. It's just they they ran into the buzzsaw that was three of the best players of their generation in LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. That. Had they have stuck together in, in, in egos and, and whatever else not gotten in the way of it, they might have been able to make a run. Who's to say? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, the, the uh, uh, Warriors came up a couple of years later, so they would have had to contend with that. And Christ knows the conference finals would have been awesome for those oh, two. Oh, been amazing. Those, those two teams going to go. But who's to say? But by and large, the bulk of, of Russell's career, he's been the guy yeah. that, you know, once Harden left, it was it was him and KD, and then KD left. So it was the Russell Westbrook show, you know, out in, out in Oklahoma City, and and he the numbers are great. You go and look up the stats; they're great, but that's because it's him by himself. You know, he's the point man, he's the quarterback. You know, and and when he went to Houston, 
you know, they patched up the fence allegedly. Yeah. But it, it just never seemed to work out. And then he did very well last year in, in Washington. But again, he was kind of the guy. You yeah. know, no disrespect to anyone on Washington. Russell's the was the guy on that team. So it's the dynamic is gonna be very interesting and, and who knows, LeBron might be the the aloe that heals the burn or whatever you want to say that you know it'll work because lebron and and you know everyone falls in line behind him but wait and see yeah lebron will definitely ease a lot of tension there too because i think that he wants to be somebody that doesn't want to be the focal point though Mm -hmm. i mean he still wants the ball don't get me don't get it twisted there don't get me wrong but i think that he's more than willing to work with russell about this and make something happen at this stage because obviously we see Father Time is catching up on him, and oh, yeah. he's going to need rest periods. And like I say, I'm not faulting him. He's given a lot to the game. He's going to need that point, and especially if you can have a healthy Russell to balance him out, that's going to be huge. The question is with Anthony Davis, though, mm-hmm. and how they can balance that. And I know that they got Carmelo Anthony in free agency as well. Yep. But let's face it, as much as I love Car- Carmelo, this is not Carmelo of old that was in the no, garden. No, 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 no. This is somebody that is going to be a role player no matter how you want to kind of spill it a little bit. This is, this is going to be his position on the team. Like, he's not going to be looked to drop 30 a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you might get some games out of him where he does. And don't get me wrong, he can shoot the lights out of the place. But at this stage, he'll be a nice compliment piece to him. And the uh, Lakers, like I say, right now are looking very good. But yeah. the biggest question mark is when you put these super teams together, and let's be honest, this is a super team. Yep. How are they all going to mesh? Uh, so you're two thirds of this. You're you're good. Arguably three fourths. Mm-hmm. You know if you factor in in Carmelo because Carmelo's always gotten along well with LeBron and they played well in the Olympics together. Mm-hmm. The question mark is going to be can they all mesh together with with uh, Westbrook? Yeah, we'll see. That's it. He's going to be the biggest X factor of this. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the other moves that jumped out was the uh, Miami Heat declined the fifteen million dollar option on Andre Iguodala, uh, made him a free agent, but it didn't last long because he did end up uh, signing a new deal and uh, returning back to Golden State Warriors and playing with them again. That makes sense. I mean, he's always wanted to stay there. Yeah, uh, he works well in the system with Steph Curry and company. Yeah. So. I wasn't super shocked by this at no, all. No, and it sounds like from what he said that he, he wants to end his career out there, so this deal might be the last one, and then he'll retire. You know, he is 37 years old. He turns 38 uh, in January. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick, number nine overall back in 2004 by uh, Philly. So a lot of miles on the, on those tires. Mm-hmm. So very well could be, you know, one last run with uh, Iggy and the, and the folks over there in uh, Golden State. Yeah, I think that that's going to be something we'll have to watch in the upcoming season with Golden State is – as great as they have been, they've been injury prone. They're injury prone and they're aging. But Christ, that's what happens when you make like how many finals runs was that in a row? Oh, exactly. I mean, don't take it the wrong way. They are a dynasty, but eventually dynasties fall. It happens in every single sports franchise in history. Oh yeah. So that'll be another storyline that we'll have to watch as the season progresses. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the another news that jumped out to us was uh, Kawhi Leonard had declined his thirty six million dollar player option for next season and would become a free agent. Uh, this, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, but the expectation is Leonard uh, is going to negotiate a deal to stay with the Clippers. Uh, nothing announced as of yet. Oh, well, he did. Oh, oh, he did. He okay, did so, resign. Okay, so he resigned with the Clippers. So hey, congratulations to you. He stayed uh, put. Yeah, which I think is a smart move for the Clippers because they literally moved heaven and earth to accommodate him. Uh huh. And I think if he had bolted, I think that that would have been a messy breakup of epic proportions. Uh-huh. The fact that he is going to be there and whatever you're going to get out of this team and the Clippers on paper, listen, they should be in the finals every year. They're very good defensively. They definitely should be. 
But we have seen just these complete mental breakdowns in the playoffs and where they fall. It's just kind of a weird situation. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be an interesting season coming up for them. Yeah. Clippers got to do something. Uh-huh. I think that they are just too talented. But like we say, it's a weird situation. They just have this mental collapse in the playoffs, no matter how good they are. Yeah, I mean, the hype is is there for the fan base in the city of Los Angeles to see the Clippers do something. Yeah. You know, whatever the Lakers fans might say, there is, you know, I feel like there is excitement for that team. You have to capitalize it on it now before people start not giving a shit. Well, to be honest with you, I compare the Clippers to the Mets. I know I'm going to hear some stuff here on yeah. OBH, social media. Yeah. But let's face it, though. You've had the dominant franchise in your city, the Lakers, yep. compared to the Yankees. Sure. It's not to say that the Clippers haven't had good runs. Sure. But you have to win a chip. They haven't won a chip. Mm-hmm. It also it also reminds me of the Blue Jays a couple of years ago when they you know they signed all these huge free agents you know Jose Reyes and then all these other big name free agents and I went holy shit where are they getting the money they're gonna make a run and then they were gone yeah by halfway through the season yeah it, it's wild to think but for the Clippers like I say they're like the Mets when the Mets can put it together they have a great team I will be the first one to tell you that mm-hmm. but. For whatever reason, it just doesn't mesh. I mean, obviously, they have a new owner. Things are kind of oh, yeah. moving in the right direction. you got to like what they're doing this season. But in the same breath, you got to compare the Clippers to them because when they went out and got Kawhi Leonard and they moved heaven and earth to accommodate him with Paul George oh, and yeah. build the team around him, it should have been their year. And for whatever reason, we get into the playoffs with them and they show these quick blinks of brilliance. Mm-hmm. I can't even say flashes. It's a blink because yeah. it'll happen one game, and we're like, oh, yeah, the Clippers are back. This is going to be their year. And then, <laughs> gone. Yeah. So, interesting to see. And like we say with the reports, he's signed or is going to sign. It's, sure. it's We haven't got they're the official just the eyes and crossing the T's. Exactly. So, it's a formality of this stage. But had he left, yeah. oh, that would have been ugly. Yeah. Ugly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, someone who is not moving and staying put uh, would be Chris Paul, who, uh, who on August 1st declined his uh, $44 million player option, but didn't last long to re-sign. He, uh, he re-upped with uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, for a four-year deal that could be worth up to $120 million, that according to his agents. Smart move both, yeah. on both sides. Chris Paul definitely had a resurgence mm-hmm. with Phoenix, and he stabilized Devin Booker. Yeah. And got the best years out of him that we have seen thus far. And I know I should say years, but with him there, you're going to see the best Devin Booker we've seen. Light years. This is a team that is going to be in that conference final talk each year as long as Chris is there and he's healthy and productive. Mm -hmm. He gives that veteran leadership to a young team that needed it and can stabilize when they go through rough waters in the playoffs. Now, albeit, though, when Milwaukee turned it on, it was a different story, but we have to stress Phoenix is a very young team. The only veteran, really, is Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And that was his first time in the playoffs, or in the finals, rather, I should say. So there was a lot that was going against him. But they did show when they were in and locked in, they were good. They just made some bad coaching decisions, in my opinion. Yeah. And they did not adjust to what Milwaukee was throwing at him in the finals. But I think that this upcoming season, we'll see a stronger Phoenix team, which is going to be downright scary. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not saying don't pencil them in for the finals yet, but... Don't say I didn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, another deal uh, was uh, Kyle Lowry uh, leaving Toronto. He is going down to the Miami Heat, uh, signing a what could be a, or excuse me, uh, what is a three-year contract worth of $90 million. 
See, this is an interesting story because I know before we were going to air, there was some talk, and I don't have the official news story out. Uh, the NBA was investigating about tampering. Mm, about Messy. The, yeah, about the deals there in New Orleans and Chicago. Because like, if it's tampering, that means they were trying to make deals and, and talk before the uh, accepted, accepted time period. Yeah, which because there's like a date and a time where like okay after this time on this date you can start talking and if you if you do before that you're tampering. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird gray area. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's hard to really track down, but there was some talk that the deals were not officially going through. And like I said, I'm trying to get a little more confirmation on that. Well, yeah, I mean you see this a lot of times when NBA free agency is getting ready to start where. You know, you'll hear deals of like so and so is going to sign with Milwaukee, but it's not like intends to deal like the wording is very specific that like, okay, this is what we're hearing that like they have a handshake agreement in place that they're going to as soon as they're legally, you know, and legally by the NBA rules allowed to do so and not get in trouble for it, which it sounds like they might have um, gone against those rules. Well, it's tough to really track down and kind of figure out what's going on with that because it is just weird of how they're trying to break it down and talk about it. And as I'm showing Pad the article from CBS Sports, mm-hmm. so there is a little bit of investigation going on yeah. with that. I don't think it's going to be anything really that's going to completely cancel the deal. I'd be no. shocked if it did because well, the deals have been canceled for a lot less. Yeah, that's what I say. It's always weird when deals are canceled in the NBA, but like I said, according to the article reading on CBSSports.com, to quote, the NBA has opened an investigation on two possible instances of tampering in the offseason, Kyle Lowry's sign and trade to Miami, and Lonzo Ball's sign and trade to Chicago Bulls, according to Woj and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. So this is coming from CBSSports.com. Yeah. So that's going to be something we'll watch. But I tell you what, if Kyle does go to Miami, and I think all signs are going to say when this is all said and done, he's there. Mm-hmm. That team got a lot scarier. Yeah, just a little bit. And I think that will be a huge win for them. Because, you know, Jimmy Butler's still there. Uh-huh. And he just needed one more piece to get him over the hump. Miami is going to be looking downright scary. Yeah. So I expect them to be contending fully going into the playoffs next season. Yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned, Alonzo Ball is leaving the New Orleans Pelicans and signed a four-year, $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls in his side-in trade, uh, according to his agent, Rich uh, Rich Paul. Uh, the deal could turn into a three-way swap uh, that lands Devontae Graham in New Orleans, according to ESPN's Ramona Shelburne. Maybe it's just because of my lack of watching the NBA. Is Lonzo Ball really worth $85 million? <sighs> he, like, he's been okay from what I understand, but like nothing that's like, oh my God, check out these highlights. In my opinion, you bank on a lot of potential. Where is his dad negotiating his deals for him? Never lost. Um, I would say this. In this day and age, we do see a lot of inflated contracts in all sports. Sure. Not just the NBA, but I think in True. NBA... They do tend, in my humble opinion, to bank a lot on what potential you might have if you're showing that real sign that you're going to go to the next level. I think this is one of those cases. I haven't really seen too much that really screams that much money for me as a GM. I would sign him to that. Mm -hmm. But I can understand it as well because if he keeps growing and gets better each season as he's going forward, that's a big win to lock up. Yeah, I mean, because I'm looking at his stats. Uh, his rookie year, he averaged uh, in 52 games, 10.2 points per game. Uh, his sophomore year, in 47 games, 9.9 points per game. Uh, and then his junior year, first year in New Orleans, 11.8 points per game. And then his stats for last year, uh, 14.6 points per game, which is good for 62nd in the league. Uh, 4.8 rebounds a game, which is good for 86th in the league. Uh, 5.7 assists per game, which is good for 27th in the league. So it's like 
okay, but nothing really. Like, I see those numbers and I don't go, $90 million. Yeah, it's just one of those things that if you're banking on potential, you got to take a risk with it. And Chicago is trying to make some moves. Or or maybe somebody else was in there, you know, deliberately uh, inflating the number up. That, Mm -hmm. like, they're talking like, oh, we're thinking about signing you for this. And he's going back to Chicago thinking this team's going to do this. And they're, they're, they're like, you got the other team deliberately driving the price up. Yeah, it's, it's wild to think. And always remember, never lost. Uh, that is true. Uh, speaking of uh, never lost uh, in, in New Yorkers, uh, the New York Knicks made a pair of moves to retain two players, agreeing to three-year deals with Alec Burks, $30 million, and, and center Nerlens Noel for $32 million. Love it. I, I will be the first one to tell you, I trust Leon Rose and whatever he's doing. And I know that we didn't get Dame Lillard. And that's okay. Because the moves that he's done, he's really built a team there. And it's not to say Dame wouldn't have been great coming to the Garden. I would have been the first one out buying a jersey. I'm going to tell you right now. But resigning who he did, and Julius Randle took a very friendly deal to stay to. We have to remember that. They've been quietly piecing together a very solid team without giving up a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have to fully applaud them for that. Because, like you said, with the signings they did, Definitely helped. Oh, yeah. And then who did they bring as guards? We got Cardiac Kemba. Oh, that's true, yeah. Cardiac Kemba. If he's if he's Kemba of old, it still haunts my goddamn nightmares. Oh, yeah. but That, that fucking six-overtime game. But you, oh, I know, but like I said, he, he is going to be a player that is going to get re-energized in the garden. Oh, yeah. He loves playing the garden. Oh, yeah. Case in point, six fucking overtimes against Syracuse. Exactly. I mean, he's from the Bronx, and he's going to be back in there. And just have a resurgence. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to be putting up MVP numbers, and I think if anybody's thinking that, you're sadly mistaken too. Yeah. But I think that he will give them a very viable option at guard. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can definitely see the Knicks in the right direction, especially for the position that they were sorely lacking in. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest about this. That is a position that they have not had a really strong presence at for a while. No. And you need that, as we saw in the playoffs, because if Kemba can hold up and be cardiac Kemba of old, we're looking in good condition. Mm-hmm. We really are. If he, his knees are not holding up, could it be a little bit of a problem? Sure. But remember, I mean, who did he have around him in Charlotte when he was there all those years? Ah, uh, crickets. Exactly. Boston's a different story, but I think that him being home in New York is going to just be – Something that really, really helps him out, and I think will bring a lot of stability to the oh, team. Oh, yeah. And like I say, it's a win-win. Like, I was extremely happy about it. And like I say, if his knees can hold up, because mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that we're oh, all... Yeah. Uh, knees, very key to playing basketball. Oh, yeah. But it's just a matter of a lot of wear and tear, and what can he do, and let's see where we go from here. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Like I say, everything that the front office has done, I, I'm very happy with. Did I say, like, we we got the chip and, like, you know, hang the banner up in the roster just yet no but everything they've done thus far i'm extremely happy with sure and i can't be too mad about it. like going into the next season i think they're going to learn from what happened in the playoffs yeah uh my hatred for trey young is still growing stronger every day most hated man in new york yep but that's okay because you know we need a good rival we need a reggie miller I'll say pedro's pedro's got to get that, that title off him there uh he's been hated long enough yeah exactly so like i say i am completely fine with this and you know what we go from here is yeah. is going to be good because I mean we did land Evan Fournier too. Yep. So Evan Fournier, uh, Derek Rose re-upped for where is it? There it is. Uh, three years, forty-three million dollar deal. Yeah. I mean everything they've done has been a win. 
I mean, is it big and flashy? No, but no, we don't need it, that. To it's be. not flashy. It's not huge names. It's some decent names, but it, it, it on paper you look at it, it's very solid. Yeah, it's very solid. And you know, not to say that they wouldn't try flipping for Dame Lillard. I just don't see it at this stage. And you know what? With Kemba coming back after he took the buyout, mm-hmm. let's go. I'm. I can't wait to see what this team does on the court. Is it going to take a little while for them to get going? Yes. Probably. Yes. So I say I'm tempering the expectations, but from what we've had in years past. We look like a team. Yeah. So trust the rose. Smell the rose. However you want to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of smelling things, uh, Jimmy Butler's smelling some uh, money, uh, signing a four-year, $184 million extension to stay with Miami. Ooh, baby. Well, he they know that he's the franchise guy there now. Mm-hmm. So you got to just let it go. Yeah. And like I say, that him being there has brought a new element to that team that they haven't had since LeBron's been there. Uh, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, after the big three imploded, they were kind of lost with that identity. He has given them one. Oh, yeah. And he, the fact that you gave him with Kyle Lowry and the team, and the it, young it, team. It's something to build around. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's going to have something to build around. Will it be the sweet smell of the Rose success in New York? I don't think so, but the, we'll see. They got Pat Riley. They're not hurting. No, they're not hurting at all. Like I said, I'd make a quick joke about smelling the roses because it is, it is success in New York. But with Miami, though, you can't go wrong with that no. either. So I think it's a big win for them, and especially bringing him back. Mm-hmm. You had to. You had to re-up him. Yeah. Uh, some more deals that happened to these two, probably the biggest, wait, what uh, for me, uh, the entire free agency thus far. Uh, both for the Lakers, uh, they signed uh, Trevor Ariza to a one-year deal, and then they also are bringing back Dwight Howard because, yeah. Well, I I think this. Russell was the big fish for them. Sure. But they had to go get some depth in the Anthony Davis situation. Sure, but their their average age on their bench just went up about 4 years. Oh, I'll I'll grant you that. I thought cuz I think I saw over the weekend that like the average age for the Lakers players like 35 or 36 now. Yeah. Which makes them one of the oldest in the NBA. Yes. But that's why I say it is something that they added for depth for cheap. Mm-hmm. And for like I said, the deals weren't huge. And I shouldn't say cheap because it's millions, but still. It's somebody that they can plug in there. Reese has always been a, a journeyman yeah. at this stage. So I understand that. And Dwight Howard, I mean, if you can get a couple good games out of him at this stage, yeah. it's, a, it's a win too. But he's not going to get asked to take over games. It's yeah. not like he, you know the Dwight Howard of old. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more to just to run through. Uh, you had Alex Caruso uh, agree to a four-year $37 million deal with Chicago. Uh, then you had, uh, where is, there it is, uh, Bobby Portis uh, agreed to a two-year $9 million deal with Milwaukee, uh, so good for the both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Griffin agreed to a one-year deal to stay with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and then, because I'm just reading through here, bah, 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 JaVale McGee uh, agreed to reach a two-year $17 million agreement uh, to stay or to play with the Nuggets. Uh, so you got some you had some deals going on. Uh, Trey Young uh, agreed to a five-year, two hundred and seventy million dollar designated ro- uh, rookie maximum extension. Yo, can't go wrong with that. As much as I can't stand him, like yeah. listen for what he did to the Knicks, I, I can't be a fan, but I can respect his game. And congratulations to you, sir. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you had uh, restricted free agent Bruce Bowen uh, signed a one-year qualifying offer uh, to return to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you also had Andre Drummond uh, agreed to a one-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Robin Lopez uh, agreed to a one-year $5 million deal with the Orlando Magic. 
then you had uh, Patty Mills uh, had a two-year, $12 million deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Boy, Brooklyn making a lot of uh, moves. Then you had the next big one, and your buddy, goddamn, a lot of money, well-earned, well-deserved. Uh, Steph Curry, four years, 215 million smackaroos to stay with the Golden State Warriors. And if memory serves me right, he's the first player to have two 200 million plus contracts. I would not doubt it. Like I said, man's worth the money. He's worth the money. I mean, he is the face of Golden State. Yeah. They just built a new arena. The greatest shooter in NBA history. Yeah, you, you have to. Would I have like, done? Like when, Ste- when Steve Kerr's saying that, and you think of some of the p- shooters he's played with and against. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr's saying that, that's saying something. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I get he's a homer because he's a coach, but still, like, Kerr played with Jordan. Mm-hmm. He went up against some of the greatest shooters in NBA history. Yeah. So I understand that point. I mean, you, you have to do that. It's it's a necessity. And yeah. like I said, did they overpay for him? Yeah, at this stage, maybe a little bit. But yeah. you know what? If you can get anything out of stuff at this stage, it's a win-win. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like you mentioned uh, before, uh, Carmelo Anthony, one-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. So, hey, maybe he'll finally get that chip. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are, uh, added uh, free agent guard DeMar DeRozan on a three-year, $85 million contract in a side-and-trade deal. Uh, according to Woj, uh, Chicago is going to send Thaddeus Young, Al Farouk Aminu, and two second-round picks in the deal to uh, San Antonio. Uh, so definitely uh, good for Chicago, adding some pieces. Maybe Chicago will finally rise back up to prominence. Uh, long overdue, in my opinion. I think they'll be contending. Yeah, no, they should. Like, it, There's one thing that's right in the that should be right in the NBA. It's Chicago contending. It's just weird when they're not contending in the NBA. Yeah, it's something that we know from the dynasty that was the Jordan era. And mm-hmm. It's kind of see them not really rebound to that level. I mean, when yeah. they had Derek Rose there until he was starting to have his injuries, they were on that path. But yeah. to see him kind of bounce back, it'll be interesting to see just what new team steps in to the spotlight there. And especially in this day and age with the NBA, I mean, we've seen teams come out of nowhere that you don't need a super team mm-hmm. to go into a deep run in the playoffs. We're talking about Milwaukee and Phoenix, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be nice to see if they can actually put it together. But like we say, sometimes when it's on paper, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, like we mentioned, uh, Kemba Walker uh, bought, agreed to a buyout with the Oklahoma City Thunder and his sign with the New York Knicks. Uh, so, hey, good for them, in my opinion, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, old Victor Oladipo agreed to a one-year deal with the Miami Heat. Uh, so sticking down there. If he can be healthy, that's a huge, huge steal for them. Yeah, oh yeah, huge. Uh, this one, this one's very interesting. Uh, after quote, after medical consultation, seven-time All-Star forward Lamarcus Aldridge is seriously considering considering a return to the NBA for the 2021-22 season, according to ESPN sources. Told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Aldridge retired with Brooklyn in mid-April with heart concerns, but is exploring the possibility of resuming his 15-year career. So, hey, if he's able to do it, good for him. If he He's healthy and he can be consistently healthy. Yes. The heart ain't nothing to fuck with. Exactly. Like I say, I understand he had to retire because of those issues. So Mm -hmm. if he is okay and he will be okay post, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, And then as part of a five-team trade, Spencer Dinwiddle uh, is headed to the Washington Wizards on a three-year, $62 million contract via a sign-in trade. Uh, This according to Woj. Washington will send Chandler Hutchinson a 2022 second-round pick to San Antonio, while Brooklyn is getting a 2024 second and a 2025 pick swap from the Wizards. Washington's draft night trades, uh, netting them Aaron Holiday and the number one thirty and the number thirty one pick Isaiah Todd, with the Indiana Pacers who received the number twenty two pick Isaiah Jackson, the Lakers who received Russell Westbrook were folded into this deal to make it complete. And if you understand all of that, 
Congratulations. Yeah, I was going to say that was a lot of moving. Anytime you deal with draft picks, especially. Oh, my God. It's confusing as all fuck. That's why we don't cover it here on the ODPH that much. Because you can get drafted by a team, go up on stage, wear a hat for them, and by the time you're doing the interview, you've already been traded. Yeah, it's it's a wild scenario. It's weird. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, Julius Randle signed a four-year, $117 million extension. Uh, so definitely team-friendly and uh, city-friendly, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just win-win. Like I say. You have to trust the rose and smell the roses. See, I get too uh, amped up when I talk about New York basketball because we're actually sounding like a team this year. Yeah. So if I butchered it earlier, too bad. Deal with it because it's New York forever here on the ODPH. What can I say? Yeah, I'm going to mention this one because you're a dookie. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies agreed to trade guard Grayson Allen uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks for guard Sam uh, Merrill and two future second-round picks. Uh, Got to admit, did not know he was still playing. I know our guys down at ECA were very upset by this move because really? you know they're they're, ba- they're based out of Memphis. Yeah, if you oh, yeah. If, if you hit them up on Twitter, they'll be able to tell you some good stories. But I, I know that those guys were definitely sending out uh, congratulations tweets and, and literally legitimately so, did not know he was still playing. Yeah, well, that's the one thing that sometimes when these players come out of the big schools from college, yeah, yeah, you know, it's you're a really good college player, but you got to step that game up to be a dominant pro. And sometimes it's just you go switch to a role player position. Tyler Hansbro. Yeah, I mean it happens. Not shade near Mitch's. That's what. That's an example I can think of. Exactly. And, and you know what? I thought Allen was going to be the same way when he got drafted. So, But the fact that he's still in the league, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, that proves you're better than how many other people that are outside the league. That's true. Uh, and then you had another monster deal get signed. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, planning to sign a four-year, $198 million contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets uh, sometime after he becomes eligible uh, this past weekend. His manager, Rich Kleiman, uh, told Woj, after missing the 2019-2020 season due to a torn Achilles, Durant averaged 26.9 points, 7.1 rebounds, and 5.6 assists last season with the Nets. Well... You knew if anybody was going to sign with the Nets long term, it was going to be Katie or or Coach. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen Coach, so like I said, maybe he's going to get traded there. Um, that deal makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, because if anybody's staying put out of the three, it's going to be him. Yeah, I don't think they'll have all three of them by the end he, of next he's, season. He's got but... the most level head on his shoulders of that starting five. Well, I think that he understands the situation a little bit. That sure. They're the ones that wanted to come to Brooklyn. They're the ones that got to win the chip. There is so much pressure on them to deliver mm-hmm. that they're going to struggle. And, and I think the East gives him his best opportunity to win another chip just because out West, like we've said the last couple of years, is loaded. Mm-hmm. They're fucking loaded. So it's almost like going through every big-name boxer, heavyweight boxer the last 100 years in their prime and saying go fight all these guys and come out undefeated yeah it's damn near impossible to do you know so i think durant's thinking might be less if i go out west i ain't never gonna make it to the finals again no he's gotta stay in the east you stay in the east you got a real good shot of making the finals plus if you're lucky those guys have spent the entire season beating the shit out of each other on the court to the point where they're beating down worn and, and you're looking fresh as a rose mm-hmm. and you're ready to go yeah, like I say, he was definitely making the smart decision, and this will be arguably probably his last contract, I would imagine. Probably. So, probably. Let's kind of wait and see how it plays out. But that was a big signing for Brooklyn. Yeah, another big signing uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, agreed to a, sign a five-year, $207 million Supermax rookie extension. Uh, this according to, well, his agent, uh, Bill Duffy. Uh, Doncic, 22, becomes the first player eligible for the designated rookie max extension upon signing uh, because he's already been twice voted uh because he's already been twice voted a first-team All-NBA. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doncic will sign the contract on Tuesday in Slovenia. 
Well, get, get your money. Get your money right. I am not mad about that one. I. How weird is it to think on draft night, Trey Young and, and Luca mm-hmm. were drafted and traded, uh-huh. and their careers are going to be compared to together for the rest of eternity. And and both and both trades have worked out very well for uh-huh. each team because a lot of times you see those deals get done and it's holy shit, look what you could have had. That like your guy either fizzled out and didn't do shit or they played okay but then kind of faded away. Now both guys have done very well. Yes. So I have to agree with about that that you can't be mad about that deal. Anymore. No, you not at all. That is a lot of moves going on. And so. That wasn't everything. Oh, I know. Like that's it. That's just the big ones to hit. So, Pat, I mean, before we wrap this segment up, I mean, which one is the one that stands out to you? Which is your sleeper for this? I mean, I definitely like what New York did, just because I am not a big NBA guy. I don't really have a team I root for. I did, but being I live in New York and I gotta hear it all the time, I would <laughs> like to see the the Knicks do well. So it appears I like what the Knicks did, uh, and then you gotta definitely look at what the Lakers did. You know, taking what happened last year and, and all the injuries between Davis and LeBron that. Like you said, LeBron's in the twilight of his career. We like we've said before, he's got more years behind him than he does ahead of him. That even he said that you know he had the high ankle sprain that plagued him for a lot of the last season. That even LeBron has said that his ankle will not be at a hundred percent ever again. They've definitely added some pieces and it's made that team very interesting. Which let's face it, that team doesn't really need to do anything to make it interesting. You can change the menu for the for the concessions and they're still as interesting as they ever were. You know, but it'll be interesting to see where they go and, and can they mesh. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Lakers definitely did some stuff in the right direction. I think the big home runs, Phoenix, mm-hmm. I think, bringing back Chris Paul because it was rumored that he was going to take a trip to L.A. So to see him actually come back for Phoenix is a win-win all, all around. And like I say, trust the Rose, smell the roses. You can't go wrong with anything Leon is doing because he just reeks of success. Everything the Knicks did, I thought was a win because not only did you get a, a very team friendly deal out of Julius Randle, which I did not see coming, I did not see that anywhere on my radar. Right. The fact you re upped him, you got Burks coming back, Derek Rose, and then you land Evan Fournier, and you got Cardiac Kemba, who, I mean, that's a big X factor too of how his knees are going to balance out. But I think that will help them in the long run. Because they didn't get rid of any of their big draft picks. I mean, no. they still have a good young nucleus to build around. I think it's a win-win for them. And I think that this is the, a step in the right direction. Like I say, am I going to pencil them in for the finals? No. Right. But could I see them possibly getting there? Maybe. Yeah. It just depends on how well they mesh together. But they have to have somebody step up in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that killed us this year. It's the one thing that... Randall got cold at the wrong time, and yeah. we needed somebody else to balance them out. And Derrick Rose can only do so much, but it is what it is. And as for sleeper picks, Oladapu uh, uh, there in uh, Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oladipo, uh, yeah. Or Oladipo, rather. I thought that he is a game changer if he's completely healthy. And I think that he could be somebody with Jimmy Butler and if Kyle Lowry's down there too. Mm-hmm. That could be a scary three, let alone the rest of that team. Yeah. So with Oladipo, I mean – it just depends on what you're going to get out of them. Yeah. So many moves going on, but we gave you our picks. Now we want to hear yours. So hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts about all the NBA free agency? Did you love your moves for your team? Did you hate them and why? Let's have that discussion, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm just calling today to see. Who is this? Uh, this is 
uh, Shane from the Good Game Guys. I'm not interested. I, I haven't even told you what it's about yet. Take me off your list. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Son of a. Devon, these cold calls aren't working, and I feel stupid. All I want is to get people excited about our show, The Good Game Guys, being available every Sunday morning on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever they get their podcasts. Because how else are people going to know that we cover the latest in video game news and do routine interviews with some of the best folks in the podcast community? They won't, unless I, I make more calls. So. Hello? Hi, this is Shane from The Good Game Guys. How are you today? Follow us on Twitter at Good Game Guys Pod. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and let us talk some UFC action. Yeah. So this past weekend was UFC 265, live from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Big main card... And a little bit of question marks about where we're going next in a couple divisions. So we're sure. just going to talk about the three fights and the main card that stood out to us. Sure. So, Pat, let's break it down. Uh, so the uh, first fight we're going to talk about was in the welterweight division where you had Vincente Luke uh, defeat Michael Chiesa via uh, submission and the Darce choke, which I got to admit, don't see all that often. You don't see that often, and he buzzsawed through him. Like that was Three a... minutes and 25 seconds in the first round. Yeah, for Chiesa to, to get so, subbed that quick, I had to do a double take. Because he is extremely well grounded on, and the fact he got subbed, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But huge win for Luke, and now the question is, where does he go from here? Say, so, because he is on a rather nice uh, win streak uh, since his loss to Stephen Thompson via unanimous decision back at UFC 244 in November of 2019. He has gone in a one, two, three, four fight win streak, uh, knocking out Nico Price uh, via doctor stoppage. Yeah, it's a tough one in May of 2020. Uh, knocking out Randy Brown uh, via t- a knee and punches at a fight night in August of 2020. Submitted some some dude named Tyron Woodley uh, mm-hmm. at UFC 260 uh, back in March of this year. And then, as we mentioned, submitted Michael Chiesa. Uh, same choke twice in a row. Wow. Uh, submitted Tyron Woodley with a darts choke as well. Uh, but he submitted Michael Chiesa uh, this past weekend. So it's not a nice little win streak he's got going there. It's a good win streak. Is it going to get him in the top five? Yes, as it did. And then yeah. the question becomes, where do we go from here? Well, because that is for the, like I said, the welterweight division, uh, where Kamar Usman is the champ. Uh, the number one ranked fighter is Colby Covington. Number two is Gilbert Burns. Three is Leon Edwards. And then you've got the aforementioned Vincente Luke at the number four position. Man, this is a tough one. Although, like we say, with uh, UFC and AEW, rankings matter. Yeah, it's just a wild scenario where Luke, could I see him jump the line? In all honesty, yes. I could. Do I think it will happen? No. And I think that it's kind of just like a wild scenario about who we should get next. The guy that jumps out to me, though, is give him Leon Edwards. Yeah, I was because I'm looking at Kamaru Usman's uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, and we do know that uh, Vincente called him out over the weekend, which, let's face it, no disrespect to Vincent, Vincente. Uh, I still pick Usman in that fight. Mm-hmm. There's only one person I pick against Usman that would beat him, and that's, well, his own his own parents. Uh, but, you know, you've got Usman scheduled to rematch uh, against Colby Covington for the UFC Walterweight Championship on November 6th, 2021 at UFC 268. Ooh, that's my, right before my birthday. Yeah, so that fight is locked and loaded, but you can definitely get some contender fights going in that scenario. Yeah, because that's a lot of time between now and then to, like, hold up what uh, Vincente's got going on. Yeah, but him and Leon Edwards would do... 
I would understand this. Or, if, or if, Burns. If Yeah, Burns would make a lot of sense as well. Edwards is a tough situation because I think he should get the title shot. I mean, he's been on that long of a win streak. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I know he's not an exciting fighter by any means, but you got to give the devil his due. He should be getting a shot. I mean, I know he had the one no contest. Yeah. But still, he is a guy that is not going to move the needle for you, but he will go into fights and he will battle. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Leon Edwards' uh, record. He won his last fight uh, against Nate Diaz by unanimous decision. Uh, there was the uh, af- aforementioned uh, no contest uh, against Bilal Muhammad. That was for the accidental eye poke. Prior to that, though, he had not lost uh, since uh, losing to Kamaru Usman on the 19th of December 2015. So if you don't count the no contest, he's on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 fight win streak. Yeah. Yo. It's wild. And it's one of those situations that I understand the UFC is not giving him the title shot because, let's face it, it's not a fighter that makes everybody go, ooh, I want to go watch. Yeah. But you have to give it to him on a nine-fight win streak. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, I understand the entertainment value of, getting, of booking fights. Yeah. But you have to give it to the sport value, too. Yeah. And, I mean, and even if you look at having him fight maybe a uh, Gilbert Burns, uh, looking at Burns, uh, he, in 24 professional matches, has a record of 20-4. and four. Uh, He won his last fight against Stephen Thompson uh, by unanimous decision. Prior to that, uh, he fought against Juan Kamar Usman, who knocked him the fuck out 34 seconds in the third round. So, okay, you lost to the champ, which, let's face it, the list of people who haven't No shame there. Yeah, no no shame there. But the list of folks who haven't lost to Usman is a lot shorter. One win against Stephen Thompson is not enough, in my eyes, to go, yeah, you know, let's give you another rematch against Usman. Mm-hmm. So I can see him then maybe giving the, uh, Gilbert Burns to Vincente Luke. Yeah, like I say, you have to give him somebody that's really going to test him. And like I, and I, and I understand if, if Edwards wants to hold out for a title shot, I think he's entitled to. Sure. I would not be mad at him if he's like, no, I don't want to do this. I fought too hard to get my title shot. I fully understand that. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, if you beat Luke A., you there, there's no question you have to give the shot to Edwards. Sure. It doesn't matter who the champion is. You have to give him. I don't care if they fought before and Usman knocked them out. If he is on a 10-fight win streak, mm-hmm. hypothetically saying, yeah. you can't yeah. deny him. I'll say, and you really, I, I know the no contest is in there, but that was an accident. Yeah, exactly. I'm throwing that one out the window. The fact he beat Nate Diaz, Edwards has driven that stock even higher. Oh, yeah. And should he get that shot? Yeah, I mean, after that main wins, and he's undefeated since 2015. Mm-hmm. It's simple math. And he falls in that line with Charles Oliveira, Aljamain Sterling, that there are fighters that the UFC, in my opinion, just doesn't get behind because for whatever reason they don't – it's the entertainment thing. Yeah. You know, you don't, they don't have that Conor McGregor X factor that will give you news sound clips and whatever. They're skilled fighters. Oh, yeah. We're in a fight business. If you watch the sport, you understand and you'll tune in. Yeah. Edwards is there, and like I say, if you don't want to give him the fight, I can understand it, but I think that if you give him Luke and he beats Luke it's a done deal. Yeah, and like you said, there's no shame in losing to Kamaru Usman. Only one person has beaten him. That yeah. was back in 2013, uh, and that was his second professional fight. Yeah, so it's a no-brainer to me. That's the fight you should make. Will the UFC do it? Yeah. Still too early to say, 
But I tell you what, they have a new contender in the welterweight division. Yeah, they do. And that division is getting tough right now. I mean, granted, there's a skill level, I think, separating Usman from everybody. Yes. But it's people are gaining on him. And I think that he'll have some really tough challenges in the upcoming year. Uh-huh. Next up. Uh, was the co-main event of the evening in the bantamweight division where you had Jose Aldo defeat Pedro uh, Munoz uh, via unanimous decision. Okay. This is a tricky one for me. Uh-huh. Because Jose Aldo, I don't like fighting at this weight class. Sure. I hate him at 135. Not, not because I don't like him, and I just think that that is such a tough weight cut, it's not healthy. I'll say, uh, currently, since he debuted at bantamweight, uh, he has got a split 2-2 two and two record. Yeah. He lost two fights, won two fights. And who did he lose to, though? Uh, Peter Yan, mm-hmm. uh, who he got knocked out by uh, in the fifth round. And then Marlon Moraes, who he lost via split decision. Uh, and on the flip side, he bounced back and beat Marlon Varea via unanimous decision. Uh, and then, as we mentioned, uh, just beat Pedro Munoz. So for him, it's a tough call. It really is a tough call. Mm-hmm. Because... His pedigree solidifies himself that you can throw him into a title match. Sure. And I wouldn't be as angry about it mm-hmm. as like if somebody else had jumped the line because we all know that Jose Aldo was the king of the featherweights for a long time. Yeah. He's currently ranked number five in the bantamweight division. Mm-hmm. But for the king of the featherweights, you kind of have to look at him and say, all right, we could possibly pencil you in. Now, albeit, though, we do know that the Aljamain Sterling-Peter Yan fight – is tentatively scheduled yep. for later this year. Uh, the end of October. The end of October. Thank you. Uh, so that the title shot talk that everybody was immediately saying after the fight. It's, I th- it's y- on the horizon, but it's not in the immediate future. Exactly. You have to put it on hold. There are some fights that you can make sure. with Jose Aldo if you want to keep him at that division. Uh, we do know, I mean, Corey Sanhagen is one, yep. Rob Font, which I yep. think that's the fight you go with. Yeah, so, so the rankings are Aljamain Sterling is your, currently your champion. Uh, the number one ranked fighter is Peter Yan. Like we mentioned, they're scheduled to face each other in October. You've, then you've got TJ Dillashaw at number two, and uh, number three is Corey Sanhagen. They both just fought each other mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then number four is Rob Font, who has not uh, whose last fight was against Cody Garbrandt. Uh, on May 22nd of this year, uh, he won the bout yeah, by a unanimous decision. Yeah, so uh, I say I think the Font fight would be a good one. Font, font or then you, or, or if Font doesn't feel like doing it, you can give him to, to Dillashaw or Sandhagen. Well, the Dillashaw one is is tricky because in a lot of people's eyes, Sandhagen won that one. Sure, and it went to the judges. Obviously, you know how that goes. Uh huh. So would it be more of a rating boost if you had Aldo Dillashaw? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a feather, and if, if somebody goes up against him and defeats him, it's definitely a feather in their cap. Yeah, it's still noteworthy. I did hear some talk, and I can't remember if it was uh, Chael Sonnen or another UFC fighter was talking about the idea of Connor's next fight. And I, I understand yeah. it, I, I understand this, but they, they did bring up a point. And like I said, I, I want to say it was Chael. I forget who it was. Please hit me up on OD Parlay Hour on Twitter and let me know uh, who it was if you will feel like correcting me. They said, what if Aldo went back up? Okay. And he went to 155. Okay. Lo and behold, his arch nemesis, Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. And that is a fight that I think would move the needle. Yeah. Let's say they never ran it back after uh, Conor knocked him out 13 seconds into the first yep. round. Okay, that was for the featherweight championship. Conor knocked him out with a with punch. Uh, they never ran it back. 
Yeah, so there is some history. You can definitely sell a storyline there. I wouldn't object to that. No. Just because, for me, I think Aldo's weight cut, it does scare me a little bit. Sure. And I'm saying I'm looking for fighter's health. I'm, I, if he's healthy at 135, sure. He doesn't look it to me in my own opinion. Sure. But, you know, I'm not a doctor. I just do a podcast. So that being said, I think that that's a fight you could do if you really are amping up trying to bring Connor back. I mean, albeit, though, he's not doing any favors to himself via social media. No. Don't even want to get into that. Don't even really want to talk about him lately. So depending on what the UFC is feeling. But I would say this. If you really want to keep him at 135, I would not mind seeing him go against TJ Dillashaw Mm -hmm. and then see what happens after that. I think the Font fight would be a good one because I think for Font – he could definitely leapfrog the list if he beats Aldo sure. and get that next title shot. A lot of question marks you have at bantamweight, but, I mean, they definitely have some contenders, and the division is finally on the rise. Yeah. Uh, and then your main event was in the heavyweight division uh, for the interim heavyweight UFC heavyweight championship where you had Derek Lewis, uh, internet favorite, taking mm-hmm. on Cyril, Cyril Gagne, uh, where Cyril defeated Derek Lewis four minutes and 11 seconds into the third round via TKO. And now Gain is the new interim heavyweight champion. Uh-huh. So this fight went a lot of ways that people thought. I mean, Sirogan is a great athlete. He is very well-rounded in all the mixed martial arts. Yeah. He definitely looks the prototype fighter. Sure. Like I say, he, he looks absolutely in great shape. Derek Lewis, listen, we all love Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis cuts amazing sound bites. And he can turn the lights out at any given time if he can land the punch. However, Gain just pressed him the entire fight. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't want, like, I hate saying embarrassing, but I think it's just maybe it was being in front of the hometown crowd for Derek Lewis. Could be. Emotions got to him. This He just did not look like he belonged in that cage, in my opinion. And with Gain now getting the fight, he does have the interim title because Dana made that fight for an interim title. I mean, obviously, we've covered that in the past about why. So now the question is, where do we go from here with both fighters? Mm-hmm. We do know that Francis Ngannou is going to fight Cyril Gain. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. That's going to be a great fight, too. Uh, a lot of history between those guys as, I believe, former training partners. Ooh. So this could be very interesting and I think a real test for yeah. the, um, Ngannou. And I think I'm, I'm all for seeing it. I know that... Once they get through that, then we have to kind of figure out where everybody else is going from here. Yeah. Because we still have Stipe Miocic yep. in limbo. Uh, currently number two ranked fighter. Mm-hmm. Him against Derek Lewis I'd be okay with. Yo, give it to me. I'd be all right with that. I think that that, that fight you could definitely make happen. Uh, and then you do have the hovering cloud that is John Jones. Yeah, I'd be scared shitless right now. Well, that's the question mark I have with John is... Because those top three guys, hell, top four, can knock the shit out of you at any given moment. And plus, we have to remember, when was the last time John fought? Uh, A hot minute ago. Exactly. And especially for him making the leapfrog up to heavyweight. Not saying he wouldn't show up ready to fight, because he obviously would. But we have to take a look at the physical evidence here. And the evidence is he's stepping up in a completely different weight class than when he announced he was coming up because that entire weight class has gotten a lot better in a hurry. It's the beauty of MMA. John's last fight was against Dominic Reyes, where he won by a unanimous decision. Uh, that took place on February 8th, 2020, which, in case you're curious, as of this recording, uh, was 549 days ago. 
Gone so, are the days where Brock Lesnar and, and Overeem and all those guys were running that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's completely evolved. This ain't that division anymore. Serial Gan actually fights a lot of the similarities of John Jones, too. I mean, he's just very athletic with reach, and he can definitely do some moves that heavyweights can't. Mm-hmm. And you have to factor that in. Would I mind seeing John fight Stipe? Oh, I'd love to see that That'd fight. Be a fight. I think that would make a lot more sense than giving him the immediate title match, which I have heard rumors of that there's <laughs> possibilities. Because, I mean, after Nganu fights game, I mean, that's going to be the next one. Let's just get that one off the table. Sure. You have to unify the belts. That's going to happen. Yeah. After that, we now have to factor in all the pieces to the puzzle. I know Nganu wants to run it back with Stipe. Sure. I don't think that's going to happen, though, unfortunately. And I know the Derek Lewis fight now is off the table because he lost. Had he won, been a different story. And then, mm-hmm. then you know, the don't blink fight is going to be something we'll just have to wait on and see because I think Lewis will bounce back. But will he get back to the title picture? Hard to say. Yeah. And then if John does move up, I mean. I believe it when I see it at this point. Oh, yeah, that's the whole point because in, in fighter terminology here, there is a lot of time away from the cage. I mean, I'm sure he's sparring. I'm sure he's getting physical shape. It's not like he's going to come in. It's the same thing, though. But you're exactly right, Pat. It's not the same thing. When you're coming in cold to a new division, especially one that has been consistent, especially at the championship level, Uh it's a whole different ballgame. Especially where he just turned 34 years old last month. Yeah. He ain't getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. and and reflexes are only going to slow down. Mm -hmm. And and especially now he's putting on more weight because he's being smart about this. I don't know how that's all going to play out. But I think for Nganu, the division got a lot tighter in a hurry. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think that after you get done with your next fight, and if he's if he beats Serial Gone, which at this time I would take Nganu over him right now. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be real close. But if Gone pulls off the win, I mean, that opens up a lot more doors and I fear that you'll have John Jones versus Cyril Gane yeah. for the for the championship first shot out. But if it's Nganu, I don't think it happens that way. But a lot of question marks are going to be answered after they get the titles unified, and I hate saying that too in, in UFC. Unless it's something that somebody's been injured and couldn't fight for a while or yeah. circumstances, I that's the only time I think you should do interim, not because of the other drama that was involved in it. I just, uh, I just think that you, you, too many champions, you don't need that many. But a lot of storylines coming out of UFC 265. So hit us up on the hashtag. Hashtag ODPHPod. What is your takeaways from the UFC's big event this weekend? We want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycalledthisamovie.podbean.com. They Called This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Coming back for another segment here on the ODPH Podcast, and time to talk some wrestling! Wrestling! Now, it is just an ever-evolving release door at WWE right now. I mean, this... say, I'm used to this kind of stuff with like NFL and NBA. Like Anytime we publish a show and then it goes live, shit changes. I'm looking at DeMarcus Cousins and the Golden State Warriors a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yep. I'm not expecting this with wrestling, though. I'm not either. I mean, obviously, we've been deep diving into it on 607TWS. Rich and myself from 3FN uh, have really been trying to figure this all out. And then since last recording, we've got more releases. Yeah, so I'm uh, just reading briefly just because it seems like a lot. But once you read, once I read this quote or this line from an article on BleacherReport.com, you kind of fully get into, like, 
Holy shit, that's a lot of people. Uh, quote, WWE has spent most of 2021 slashing its roster with nearly 50 wrestlers and several more behind-the-scenes employees being released since April. Yeah. Yo. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, and some of the latest uh, unfortunate folks who were released uh, that were, what was this, on Monday? Sunday? I believe it was over the weekend. Over the weekend. Uh, was Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, Tyler Rust, uh, Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. Wow. Yeah, especially since Bronson Reed was one of the first ones pre-fans returning that was getting dark matches behind the scenes at SmackDown and, and Raw. I remember hearing that it was like him. Uh, well, it was it was him, Cole. Carrying Cross, yeah, it was it was it was Rot Reed, uh, Carrying Cross, and it was somebody else involved. I for, I forget who it was, um, but th- this was totally surprising, just because it seemed like they were getting ready to move him up to the main roster. Yeah, I, him Reed was the only name that really stood out to me. Like I was more shocked at than yeah. anything. I thought some of the other names might have been because one thing that we've noticed over the past couple months now, and it's so weird saying months with all these releases, uh-huh. is WWE is just really fine-tuning their roster to the point that there's something going on, and Vince and the powers of B are the only people to know what they have the big the big picture laid out. Sure. That a lot of these names we haven't seen on TV in a while. Yeah. And only have only done spot duty on NXT, like a match here and there. Yeah. The Bronson Reed one, though, like I said, that one really stands out to me because yeah. it all – had signs that he was going up to the main roster, obviously former North American champion. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that was indicating that he was going to go. So the fact he got released is more puzzling than anything. Yeah. Bobby Fish, I mean, I wasn't super shocked at it. I mean, I am a Bobby Fish fan. I was at first, but then once I sat and thought about it, I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, because obviously without the Undisputed Era... Yeah, you're not doing the tag team with yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, where are you really going to fit in on the on the roster? And, and especially with, you know, that that brand is very log jammed in terms of the singles competitors. There's only so much time. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's the problem that they have because with all the wrestlers they have, and when they've been doing all these signings pre-COVID, and now mm-hmm. that we're they were hoarding for the sake of hoarding. Yeah. Well, obviously, we we discussed this too on on six or seven TWS. That when WWE considered AEW a threat, they were signing a lot more people to longer contracts. And now it's a stage where they don't feel that they are. I mean, you've heard Vince's quote yeah. that I don't care. Let me inflate their roster with more and I'll release more people. Like it's an eerie foreshadowing, but he was feeling that. And to see a lot of these wrestlers go, I mean, it's it's absolutely saddening to yeah. see people lose their jobs. Especially and, when a lot of folks, you know, Bronson, especially from another country, up and moved here to pursue his dream. Mm-hmm. But the one, if there is an upside to this. Sure. The indie scene right now is exploding. Uh, all I'm saying is uh, Jim Cornette, you know, even even a Vince Russo, if you're looking to start in another third federation, there's enough guys that are free agents that you could do it right now. Oh, absolutely. Between main roster, WWE, and even NXT, there's a lot of guys that you could start, you know, a third, fourth, what, fifth, whatever you want to classify it, company. Mm-hmm. And, and make a pretty goddamn decent run. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can find enough talent out there right now that are free agents or will be after the 90 days. Yeah. 
and you can really piece together a lot of very valued employees for your federations wherever you are. And that's the one cool thing. I, I, I don't want to say cool because I'm not celebrating this. But I do look at the possible upside with this, and that is the indie scene. You can definitely go mm-hmm. out and do business and do very well. Yeah. Is it WWE or AEW? No, but it's not the end of the world to be on the indie scene right yeah. now. Guys have been released and, and made it very well. Cody Rhodes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, Matt Cardona. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say the career is done, and that's the big takeaway that I think we should all have is that once wrestlers start working around the indies, you can reinvent yourself. I mean, Jinder Mahal had a great quote about that. Yeah. He said, go out there and prove that WWE made a mistake, to paraphrase a bit. You can go out there, reinvent yourself, and come back. And we have seen this, like you touched upon, with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre are probably the two biggest examples of this. Yeah. That they went out, were tearing up the indie scene. Were like the hottest commodities on the indie scene. Yeah. Drew especially. I think Cody was more transitioning towards AEW. Yeah, well, but I, but, that, but. but I think with Cody, I remember the first time he came here for Excite, and then the, uh, Moose wanted to bring him back, and I remember him saying that like he was having a hard time getting him back just because he was such a hot commodity. Yeah, he, he knew that he can get on the indie scene, work everywhere, build his name back up, really drive some interest, and then lo and behold, when AEW started, it was a big deal when he went there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a company he formed. But I also take a look at Drew McIntyre, who, let's face it, his first run in WWE, lackluster. Yeah, a little bit. But it is what it is. Never forget about 3MB, the greatest faction that should have got all the gold. Yeah. I digress. But it's a situation where Drew really tore it up on the indies and really made his name. Bulked up a little bit. Oh, yeah, but he did everything that he should have because when WWE let him go, let's face it. I think it, I think it was a uh, you know come-to-Jesus moment, like, oh, I'm not untouchable. Yeah, and I think for in his case, he ran with it because he was all over the place going crazy on the internet or on the uh, indies. So that's what you need to do to bring that buzz back to you. And I think a lot of these wrestlers should take that kind of mantra with their craft. That if you want to get out there, make that noise. Really drive the point home. Because for federations like WWE, like AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, you really got to stand out because, let's face it, it's a very, very saturated market right now. But to really drive the point home, it's not to say somebody can't sneak in there and make some noise and really get the internet buzzing. And then, lo and behold... Who do we see back on cable TV wrestling on the weekends? Mm-hmm. It's a crazy time right now, but for WWE, there's a lot of uncertainty, I guess, with all these releases. That everybody's saying, when is it going to stop? And yeah. we've seen all, all the big names get released. It's like and almost anybody's untouchable. Yeah. Or not anybody's untouchable. So, Pat, I guess, where do you go from here with them? Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard for some of these folks just because, you know, I don't, I'm not too familiar with all of them. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see some ending up at the various, you know, NWA, Impact, even, even AEW. I think some of them, though, might, you know, just work the indie scenes and, and build up their reputation and go from there. You know, I think Bronson Reed is one of the names that will definitely end up someplace. I think somebody like Bobby Fish, ROH maybe. Yeah, I could definitely see him going back to ROH. Bronson Reed will be a very interesting one. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Impact, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I think he could flourish there. And you never know. I mean, the sky is the limit for him because he has so much upside, especially yeah. for being a guy his size and how he can move. Yeah. It's wild to think. That he got released, but like we say, with Vince, you never really know what the big picture is going to be with him. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of speculation about NXT is rumored to be getting an entire facelift. It's not going to be the same old NXT. Yeah. Until we actually see something, I don't want to comment on it. Yeah. Because, let's face it, you hear a lot of people making up 
rumors about what they think is going to go on. Some mm-hmm. some have a little more steam behind them, but we really don't know. We still have an NXT on this week. Uh-huh. It doesn't look like anything's changing. They have a still a big takeover event coming on. Yeah, no, I mean, they've got a great show tonight as we record. You've got Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole meeting face-to-face with, mm-hmm. with uh, William Regal uh, moderating their two or mediating the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Raquel Gonzalez breaking her silence uh, following Dakota Kai's uh, attack. You've got uh, Ilya Dragunov making his first NXT Ooh, appearance. Let's go. Give it to me, the fucking mad Russian. Uh, you've got Odyssey Jones battling Trey Baxter in the breakout NXT breakout tournament semifinal match. Uh, and then they're giving a special look at Kyrian Cross's chaotic rivalry with Samoa Joe. So it's still a pretty good car, uh, show tonight. Yeah, pretty solid show all around. And yeah. then going into TakeOver, that's still going to be a big event. And then we have to watch and see what happens after that. Obviously, we know that Vince has got a big plan in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the speculation was Triple H was not involved with the cuts. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen there? Which I I wouldn't be surprised if that's true, just because it, you know the story with Samoa Joe getting released, Triple H not knowing and being a little upset about it. That, that would follow with this. Yeah, it definitely would. I mean, there's just so much speculation we can do right now about what the future holds for WWE. Well, WWE is still going to keep rolling. There's there's a reason they've been going for however many years. Yeah, and if NXT is going to have a transition phase, it is what it is. Yeah. That there's still going to be NXT. Maybe it's not going to be what we've seen on TV thus far, but who knows? Until they start putting on consistently bad takeovers, I'm still interested. Exactly. That's the whole point. I, and I fully agree with you, Pat. We just don't know. No. I mean, there's the, all that kind of speculation talk that it's going to go back to the early developmental days and it's going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to see the Johnny Gargano types. FCW 2.0. Yeah, you're going to, that's the, the rumor that a lot of people are kind of thinking is going to happen right now. And until we see it, yeah. I'm, I'm not putting too much stock in it. Because Vince... And Triple H and all parties involved will do what they feel is, quote-unquote, best for business. Yeah. And if they want to try doing something different with NXT, so be it. And, and, and Triple, listen, they're cutting a lot of folks from down at NXT, some of them good, you know, others, you know, okay. Triple H and Shawn Michaels and them are still running the show down there. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be with the fancy schmancy, you know, car lineup, so to speak, we're used to, but Triple H still very good. Oh, absolutely. Until Triple H is said that he's left, then yeah. when he when he leaves NXT, then I'll worry. But until he says he's left... Him, him and Regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not worried about anything too much with NXT because, you know what, they can make chicken salad out of chicken crap yeah. better than anybody. So that being said, it's a shame about the releases, but we'll have to see where everybody winds up. And then, obviously, all eyes are really kind of focused on where Adam Cole is going from here. Bye-bye. Yeah, that he did sign the extra month extension, and mm-hmm. then you know, obviously, everybody's kind of speculating. Well, he's going to leave. Uh, I will believe that when I see it because I think they're grooming him for bigger things. Yeah. on the main roster, especially he just had a meeting. What was it this week or last week with Vince uh, backstage at Raw? Yeah, so I will believe that when I see it. But I could definitely see him winding up on SmackDown. Yeah, the Friday after the NXT Takeover show. I can, yeah, I can see that. Be, I, be another a new face to face Roman. Yeah, because unless they want to have him debut on AEW Rampage, because that could possibly happen, we do know that this week AEW is rolling out another show, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT, and eventually it's going to be going to TBS. But this is going to be a compliment show to Dynamite. We do know that Mark Henry is on the commentating Dewey. We do know that it's allegedly supposed to be fight-focused. Okay. So uh, the only thing I've been able to really track down is one match has been announced, and that's Britt Baker taking on Red Velvet. Okay. 
So, Pad, I know you're not the big AEW guy. Nope. And we don't we don't shy away from that here. But what do you think about them having another TV show on? I mean, eh, okay. You know, they seem to have their ship going with, with AEW Dynamite. I know they've got the, the YouTube shows, which are fine. You know, is it really time for another show? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Just because... It doesn't like you've got your ship going where they think they want it going, but to me, it doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. Where I, I can't tell you what the hell they're doing or what they're planning. I mean, you go from pushing Adam Page to the moon mm-hmm. and, and being the next great thing to, yeah, he's no longer he's the, the number one contender, but he's not facing Kenny Omega at our next pay per view. Like, wait, what? You know, it doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, I feel like it's it, doing a show now is the cart before the horse, but this could be because of contracts and you have to do something by a certain date. So I don't know. I'm going in with this with a little guarded optimism that AEW has all the potential to really do something good here, but it also depends on what they want to do for this extra hour show. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where we're going to speculate a little bit. If they really want to keep it focused on one match, that's one thing I think for a big debut, especially on the heels, literally on the heels of SmackDown. Yeah the highest-rated show in the WWE universe right now. Pre-DVR. Yep. You really have to come out with all pomp and circumstance and really sell this point home that instead of just having two hours of wrestling on a night, which we've all said Raw is too long. Yep. Three hours is way too much. Two hours is perfect. SmackDown has been crushing it right now, but then again, they have Roman Reigns, Uh who's doing the best work of his entire career. They also have John Cena. I mean, they have a lot of wins going in their favor. But what is going to be the incentive for you, the wrestling fan, to watch another extra hour? Mm-hmm. That's the big question here. So if you just got done watching two hours of SmackDown, are you really going to want to go on and watch a third one on a Friday night? Yeah, that's going to be the big X factor with this. I mean, I know obviously the quote-unquote AEW Kool-Aid drinkers will be locked and loaded for it. And that's, oh, God, fair. Yeah. and that's fair. But we really have to kind of see what they're going to do. And especially with all the quote-unquote rumored signings they have coming, is there enough spots for everybody on TV? It's one thing to be wrestling on YouTube. Yeah. But let's YouTube, you can make as long as you want. The issue with a one-hour show is even assuming they do picture-in-picture, picture, you know, typical one-hour television shows, 42, 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. I mean, that's the problem, that you only have so much time to work with. How can you make it work? And I think that if they play it smart, they can definitely do something different. But what I want to see out of this show I don't want to see dynamite. I don't want it to even kind of feel the same. I want this to stand out that if I'm watching Dark Elevation, if I'm watching Dark, if I'm watching Dynamite, I can know without a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm watching Rampage because it stands out. Because I will tell you what, Dark and Dark Elevation, I kind of struggle a little bit watching. Sure. And then with Rampage, it's, it, I mean, obviously it's a little different vibe, or I mean, uh, Dynamite rather, but it's still. Almost kind of has the same vibe, just except I see people on the show that I don't see on Wednesdays. Right. And I think that that's a shame, too. But it is what it is. But if this gives some wrestlers some more opportunity to get on primetime, I'm all for it. But I want to see something different. I don't want to sit there and go, wow, I just wasted an hour because this was absolutely not a, a good show. Like, put something together that really makes it stand out and really makes me have something to go, like, on Twitter and go, you know what? This was a damn good show. Because... Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'm interested to see about what the final product's going to be, especially if they've hyped this up for so long, 
We do know they have some other things coming down the the weeks mm-hmm. that are going to definitely help it. Yeah. But for a debut, listen, you only have one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. And, and let's face it, there is a lot of wrestling out on the airwaves right now. You know, television, internet, whatever else. That you got to cut through the noise. And as busy individuals as we are, there's only so much time we can spend to watch wrestling. So stuff's going to get left by the wayside. You have to cut through the noise and really make it worth people's time to say, I'm going to go out of my way and spend an hour watching the show because it's awesome and it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason I go, out, I go out of my way to watch NXT. I enjoy the hell out of it. You know, it's why I don't go and out of my way to watch Raw. It's not good. I don't enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to sit through and watch as much as I like, you know, the, the guys and girls on Raw. I don't want to put myself through it because why waste three hours of my life doing something I'm not going to enjoy when I can do something I enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the the same can be said for the AEW marks. You know, are there going to be folks who watch it? Yes. Are there folks who are going to watch it and then tune out? Because eh, let's face it, it's not the guys or girls I'm interested in. Yes. Facts. So, So you have to cut through the noise and make it worth people's while to watch it. Because let's face it, the first ratings that come out of for this show are going to be big. You know, it's the first show premieres for new shows no matter what it is what genre what type of show it is are always big the tell is going to be in the following episodes i agree with you completely i think they really got to knock it out of the park with this one and like we said they only have one match announced that we can track down and that's Britt baker and red velvet is that enough to really make me go wow no not really i mean i I think Britt baker is an amazing champion red velvet is still an up-and-coming superstar sure but is it enough that i'm sitting here going like, this is must-watch TV, not at this stage right now. Yeah. I mean, I think Red Velvet has a huge upside to her, but I just don't see how this is really selling me on, like, watching this show. Yeah, this I mean, until, until you build it up, you might have to sacrifice some of those pay-per-view matches for the show. Like, what I thought they should have done is they, I thought they should have done the rematch with Baker and uh, Karoshita. All right, that wouldn't have been That would have been my pick for it. Or, like I said, I'm a huge on Jade Cargill. I understand why she's not in this match, but I said that would have been something, too, that I think because she's, she's the future of that division. So if they want to push her, I'm all right with that. But like I say, I think they really needed to have a wow factor, and the Sheeta match would have been the one. But nevertheless, this is going to be going on 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT, Friday night, Friday the 13th, which is kind of weird, Mm -hmm. but it is going to be what it's going to be. And definitely we will be checking this out. I will definitely be on ODP Parlay Hour on Twitter uh, live tweeting this, and I'll give you my honest reactions right then and there. And to see where AEW is now going, because obviously with all the rumored signings they've allegedly done, the roster is now expanded. We need to have wrestlers go somewhere to get screen time. YouTube is one thing. Cable is a whole different ball game. This show has got to hit it out of the park. I think anything less than is going to be a complete disaster. But I'm rooting for AEW. I really am. But I want to know what you think, folks. So hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about first all the WWE releases and where do you think everybody's going to end up? And two, what is your thoughts about AEW Rampage? Are you excited about the show? Are you not? And let's have that discussion. And for more wrestling content, keep an ear out for the latest edition of hashtag 607TWS, which will be on the ODPH network on Friday. All of that and so much more. Folks, we have to have that discussion, shall we? Hit us up. Let us know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideman Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name To the desert, the ocean's 
coming back for the final segment of this edition of the ODPH podcast. Pat, what you got for that local minute? Uh, I got to talk some big ones to Rumble Ponies news because they are home this week. Uh, they are playing a one, two, three, four, five, six game series against the Hartford Yard Goats. Uh, game times are uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, uh, six thirty-five Eastern, six thirty-five Eastern as well on Thursday, Friday, seven oh five Eastern. Uh, Saturday, 6.35 Eastern, and then uh, Sunday, game time, 1.05 Eastern. More information, tickets, and promo information, because i got some good promos going on, uh, bingrp.com. And you'll definitely want to get out and see them this weekend, because after that, they're on a two-week road trip and do not return home until their next home game uh, after this set is on the 31st of August. Yeah, so definitely make sure you get out there and support those Rumble Ponies. Yeah. Uh, for me, I got to talk about a little Excite Wrestling. Yeah. So this past weekend, we had uh, Sorry We're Open live from the X. Fans back in the building. It's been a hot minute since we had it. And they decided to drop a little bombshell on us as well. They aired the card on Twitch. Mm. So for the first time in a long time, I am not saying uh, we were kind of pushing them about this, but maybe somebody read the ODPH Instagram they decided to go live with the card, which is super excited to see. It was a fun time and seeing fans back in the X, solid card. And they did make some announcements about future dates, but the big one that's on the calendar right now is September 12th at the X. Tales from the Dark Order, 2 p.m. doors open, 3 p.m. bell time. Evil Uno from AEW and Fuego Del Sol will both be in attendance for the card. And they are selling tickets like hotcakes right now, folks. So if you want more information, don't miss on the show if you can make it live. Or make sure to drop them a follow on Twitch, and you can be able to see the show if you're not able to make it in attendance. But if you are, you don't want to miss this card uh, because, like I said, tickets are making a lot of rounds. ExciteWrestling.com for more information on that or hit them up on Facebook because they are very, very responsive about that. And let me tell you this. They did announce who's coming in November, Pad. Yeah. Your Game Changer Wrestling World Champion, the King of the Deathmatch, Matt Cardona. Nice. Yes, except I don't recognize him as the King of the Deathmatch. There's only one king, and that's Nick Gage. Damn it. Hmm. But a lot of stuff, big win for Excite, so definitely shout out Johnny Moose and company down there. Put on a great time. It was cool being in attendance. Like I said, the dog went. He had a great time, too, as well. So a lot of fun there. So definitely ExciteWrestling.com for more information. Can't plug those guys enough. Yeah. So let's round these bases and take the show home, Pad. What you got? Got to talk a little soccer. Uh, Not the biggest soccer soccer fan, but this one definitely caught my eyes in the eyes of the entire world because it was all over social media when it happened. Uh, But Lionel Messi, one of the best players in soccer players in the world, if not the best depends on who you ask uh leaving barcelona who he has spent his entire 20 year uh career uh internationally with uh leaving them you know tearful goodbye won a boatload of championships and awards and trophies and all that sort of stuff uh but he's leaving them and he's going to be playing uh over with uh, with the team paris saint germain uh apology if i butchered that name but just wild to see that like i'm like i said not the biggest soccer fan but i see the highlights it's just him in the Barcelona jersey is just normal. Yeah. It's it's like Brady left the Patriots, you know, Favre left the uh, Vikings, not the Vikings, the Packers, you know, Gretzky left the Oilers. You know, they're just sometimes that you just see something and it just looks weird. I agree with you. Hearing about him leaving and that tearful press conference he yeah. had, man, that was tough to watch. Yeah. Wild to see. Like, I, it still hasn't sunk in he's not going to be wearing that jersey. Yeah, but no, I'm going over to uh, PSG, so definitely uh, should be excited about that. Yeah, definitely have to check that out when it, uh, to see him play there, man. But still, it just it hasn't sunk in. Yeah. But one thing that has sunk in 
for yours truly is my quarterback is not leaving town anytime soon. Nope. It was announced that Josh Allen, quarterback of those Buffalo Bills, signed a six-year extension with $150 million guaranteed of a $258 million deal. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. Wow. So this is very, very crazy. Uh, we knew that he was going to get paid. We knew he was not going to leave Buffalo. It was just, I, I hate saying like a formality, but it kind of was. Yeah. But for the amount of money he got, holy smokes, man. And we know it's an extension. It's kind of structured in the same vein as Patrick Mahomes' deal to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So there is some wiggle room for cap money. So I know the next question everybody had was about Stefan Diggs. Uh, we will cross that when we get to it. But I think that Brandon Bean has definitely pulled off a hell of a deal here. And, Pat, what is your thoughts on this contract? I mean, it's absolutely batshit crazy. You know, just that many years and that much dollars. Just for somebody who hasn't been in the league all that long. Mm -hmm. That I think it's 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 an inflation from the Patrick Mahomes uh, contract. I mean, it's like you saw with, with baseball. You know, uh, what was it? Bryce, Bryce Harper got that monster contract. Then uh, Mike Trout got that monster contract, you know, or and Giancarlo Stanton before them. You know, once you have that one big contract for a position in a sport, that's kind of like the benchmark and going from there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I is he worth money? Yes. Is he worth necessarily that much money to be determined? I mean, he's a very good quarterback. He's definitely improved over the for, over the, the couple of years he's been in the league. But is he necessarily worth all that money? I don't know. You know, time time will tell. You know, had he have won a championship and an MVP and, and all these other accolades and awards, sure, you can make that argument. But thing is, is he hasn't yet. So time will tell. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I always say I will never be mad about players getting their money. And he definitely got paid, especially in the sport of football, because let's face it, it's you know always a life-threatening sport every time you yeah. play it. It's, it is what it is. Like, you can't sugarcoat that. But to see him get his money, and definitely the deal is going to work in. So, like I say, it's an extension. So, he's going to be in Buffalo for the next eight years. And it is win now or go home, basically. But he's this was one of the biggest question marks we had about the season is what was going to happen here because now the focus shifts to Baltimore and Cleveland, respectively. Right. Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are up for contracts as well. So... I don't know what's going to happen there, and I just can't really wrap my head around anybody getting more money, but it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And it's just a matter of is the player really worth that much to the team? And like I say, how they're structuring these extensions does work in the favor. Yeah, I'm sorry, because I'm looking now uh, for their bill, for the Buffalo Bills salary cap this year. They are currently – where are they? Uh, that's next year. Hold on, i got to go – Back one year, oh no problem. Uh, uh, for the for the, the league, Buffalo is currently twenty eighth in the league, uh, going from uh, least uh, or going, yeah, they're twenty eighth in the league. They have what is it looks like twenty four million dollars in cap space. But you look at their breakdown. Obviously, surprise, surprise. Josh Allen is the number one player on their on their salary cap. Uh, not too big of a cap hit. He's ten point two million dollars, a hundred and three point four million dollars in dead cap space. Yeah, yo, uh, twenty twenty two. It gets a little bit better. He's only cap hit of seventeen point one million dollars, uh, and then uh, dead cap of eight point seven million dollars. Then it gets interesting because twenty twenty three. I think is when the deal starts kicking in. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a cap hit of thirty nine point seven million dollars, which is which is 
rough math is double what the second player is in digs. Yeah. Uh, and then in a dead cap hit, he is a $77.3 million dead cap hit. Uh, and then the year after that, it don't get any better. He is a cap hit of $41.7 million and a dead cap hit of $38 million, just about even. Yeah, it's, it's a while to think about how these contracts break down, but this is something the Bills needed to do. And if he was going to leave, this would have been dis- destructive to the franchise. I, Unless you're a Bills fan, you don't understand how much he is beloved in mm-hmm. Buffalo. They, I, I, I will go out on a limb and say this is approaching Jim Kelly levels. Uh, it's on its way. It's on its I said it's approaching. I didn't say it was there. I wouldn't but, even say it's approaching. I'd say it's on its way. It's not quite there yet. It, it's it's close though. Like I said, just of how beloved he is as a quarterback. I mean, sure. this, is, this is the first time we've had somebody solid there. And just when you talk to fellow Bills fans, I mean, I'm more of a realistic Bills fan. Yeah. So I know when you talk to some other people, there are grabbing tables. But he needed to get resigned. I knew the contract was going to be absolutely wild. But I give kudos to the team for getting it done because I think that they have enough that they can get the deal done with Diggs for next year if they want to, or try working some deal out with him while they still have the space. Then it's going to get a little messy after that, but by that time, it's a winner go home now because yeah. the window of them being a real contender is very short. It, it always is for the NFL because that's one thing of, that's great about the NFL is the salary cap is hard for a reason. It makes teams be very wise with their money, and you don't have super teams forming unless players are willing to take a hit. Mm-hmm. So I say right now where the bills are structured right now, it's smart. And I think that they did everything for the future that as long as the tenure of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are going to be there, they're set up to win. So this is a win-win, no pun intended, overall. And if they get that new stadium, which all signs point to yes, I know there was that rumor about them going to Austin. Jerry Jones ain't going to let that happen. Listen, folks, it's not going to happen. The bills are too beloved in that city. They'll make that happen. It's it's not it's not gonna be pretty yeah. when it gets done, but trust me, it's gonna happen. If they have to go yeah. for a season to Austin, they'll go for a season. But let's face it, if they're gonna go anywhere, well, pending if it was if we're not in the era that we were living in, they'd be in Toronto. Oh yeah, but the, the, for a permanent team, ain't no way in hell Jerry Jones is gonna let that happen. Exactly, they got one team in Houston. That's the only one he's gonna let slide. But they're not gonna let another one go in Austin. No, sorry, like I'm saying, it will only be a temp fix, and that would happen, but it's not a permanent home. So for any nonsense that everybody's worried about it, listen, it's not going to happen. They'll build a great new stadium in Buffalo. It's going to be wild. There'll probably be, like, disposable tables all over the place. It's going to be fantastic. And for the Bills, listen, it's win now. No excuses. And I think that they've done enough that they can hang with the Chiefs, but we'll talk about a little more about that in the months, in the weeks to come because the NFL preview show is coming August 31st. Ah, So all that being said, I'm getting worked up about my Bills. The music you heard on this edition of the ODPH is somebody from Austin, Texas. He's not a Bills fan, but we do know him. His name is Brian Wolf. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He has not given us privy of what exactly, but I've heard hmm. some recording. I've heard some new music is so on I, the I, way. I know he's been in the studio. He's been in the studio. That's something we can't say. He, he's posted that publicly. Yes. But for anything else that is going on, Brian Wolf, where do I go, Pad? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. You swing on over music section. You check on everything going on with Brian. You go check out everything going on Shout Out the Robots, who are playing more gigs. And, in fact, we have to clarify, their next gig is going to be August 21st, not September 21st. Uh, they have a stack show with Tom Jolu and some more people playing on the show. It's going to be a fantastic night. 
you want to definitely check out everything going on with them. You want to check everything out going on Floodlands, Yard Party, Second Suitor, who had Second Suitor, or Suitor Slam at the X on Friday night. Rich and I were in attendance. Uh, a wild night down at the X, but it was a fun night nevertheless. It was like, nice to know that the uh, heads of the mall didn't throw you out. Yes, this is true. We we thought that that might possibly happen, except I did ask Moose. I said, when Tyler pinned Sean, did he become the Excite World Champion? And he responded, it's my building, damn it, shut up. <laughs> so uh, take that for what it is. I'll say, yeah, and for those who haven't been to our mall, the acoustics there, real fucking good. So there was a real good chance uh, we were going to test and see how comfortable mall security was with the noise. Yes, but it worked out fabulously. They had a great crowd, a lot of energy, and I was super stoked for Tyler and the guys, too, because I know he's been itching to get back out and playing. And you're going to see a lot more suitor traveling, so definitely make sure you're following them. Support the hell out of everybody we play here on the ODPH. They're all fantastic people. But while you're on the website, check out the Classifieds, which have organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter, friends of the show such as Dragon Master Games, and all our amazing pod friends via their Podchaser page. Because let's face it, if you're in a pod group and you're not on Podchaser, you're not in a group. So shout out to the Polyps, shout out to the Inner Circle, and of course shout out to our good friends over at 8122 Productions. Pad, do you know what got set up today? No. There is now a Three Fat Nerds Tea Public store. Hey, cool. So if you want to get some 3FN swag, some Horror Zone 607 swag, even some 607 podcast swag, mm. that's the spot to go to because there's currently a sale going on. How you beat that? You can't beat that. So to find out for all that, you definitely want to head over, click the link, and definitely give a shout-out to Rich Ron, Mike C, and, of course, the one and only Big Natty Cool himself, Diesel. All of that links to everything we are doing at the ODPH because we do have more comic blogs coming out too as well. In fact, tomorrow's WWF themed. I'll give a little spoiler so you don't want to miss on that. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. <sighs> that is all I got for this week. Wow, that was a mouthful. So for the one and only Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. That's my boy. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.